Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Hey, okay, before we get into today's show, I have to tell you about this amazing prayer journal I just received from my friend Stephanie Mae Wilson. If you are in a season of waiting or transition, you're trying to make a big decision, or you're just struggling to trust God with your future, this prayer journal is for you. It's called The Between Places, 100 Days to Trust in God When You Don't Know What's Next. And it's available now at smaywilsonshop.com. And actually, Stephanie put together a special discount just for my listeners. So you can pick up a copy of Between the Places at smaywilsonshop.com and use the promo code PODCAST for 15% off. Okay, now on to today's show. Today's guest is Brandy Sandusky. Brandy is an artist and a mom and an actual real-life friend of mine. I'm so excited for y'all to hear our conversation and hear Brandy tell the story of the Sandusky's fostering a journey, their adoption, and how getting too attached is the best thing you could ever do. Brandy, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I love this because you're a real life friend. Like we actually know each other yes. and I don't get to do that super often. <laughs> so your husband and I were really good friends in college. Yes. And we've kind of known each other in passing for forever. So this is going to be great. I'm super excited to get us started. We are talking about foster care and the foster care system and that experience. So to get us started, just tell us a little bit about of your story and your experience. Um, there's so much to say. Um, but I think everything started probably even before Rhett and I got married, um, even before we got engaged, when we were dating, I remember us having a conversation one day and it hit me. I was like, I'm not meant to be in America. I'm meant to be overseas. I'm supposed to like love on children. I'm not supposed to be in America. I don't want to be in here. And so I read that and he was like, I'm here. I'm, I'm in America. Like, God's calling me to be in the business world in America. And I'm like, we've been dating for two years. How does this work out? Like, how does, like, how do you, like, we, we seem like we're on two different. And I remember we were, I was like, this is, I just don't know how it's going to work out. And so we like, kind of like wrestled with it for a bit. Like my dream is this and his dream is literally on the other side of the world. And, and so we like prayed through that. And while we were dating and I was like, okay, God, what do you have for me? Like, because the, our dreams aren't mesh and meshing up and you can't do long distance marriage forever, you know, like, um, <laughs> right. and well, we were like seriously dating at the time. So like we knew that we most likely were, or at least I was excited to get married to him. But, mm-hmm. um, but then we were like, what if God something for us here together in America that accomplishes the dream that is in my heart to love children 
don't have like orphans or just pe- like children in need, children who just need love and support and safety and all of the above. And so we just we're like, hey, we're just in America and we'll just see what God says. Like if he calls us somewhere else and but we're here for now, we're gonna invest, love where we're at, thrive here, great. And then as soon as we were married, I was like, okay, when are we gonna adopt? Because I just wanted to adopt. And I was just I I personally I never I never really like had this dream in my heart to be a biological mother. I, like I always just saw mm-hmm. myself as I'm going to adopt the ones that need moms and that need mm-hmm. a home. And, um, and Rhett was like, Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of <laughs> would like to have a biological child. I mean, I'm, I, he wanted to adopt as well, but um, I was like, no, I'm not having a baby. And it was just a, it was a little bit of a back and forth. And then we were like, okay, we can do both. There's, there's a uh, thing mm-hmm. that whatever. And so, we were like kind of like just researching and praying about adoption. And um, one of our friends mentioned foster care to us. And we were like, oh, cool. We'll adopt through foster care. And being super naive and super uneducated on this foster care system as a whole. And, and so we looked into it and we went in and did the, we were like, let's just go do the orientation. That's the first step. And so we did the orientation. And we like left it and we're like, this is awesome. Like, we're just gonna like do this. They're gonna put a kid in our home and we're gonna love them and we'll adopt them. And then it's just gonna be great. And not knowing any details of like what that entails, like just super naive. Knowing what I know now, I feel so embarrassed what I was thinking (laughs) then, which that was 2017, we started the classes. And then or the orientation. And then we started the classes and the first sentence out of the, um, the director's mouth was just letting you know, this is not foster care is not an adoption agency. So if you have the heart of adoption, that's great, but this isn't for you. This is foster Mm -hmm. care is for reunification. And if that's not your heart, then you don't need to be in this room. And we both looked at each other like, dang, okay. We need to like figure out what like let's just figure out what we need to do and what our where our heart's at because whatever like we just were so unaware and uneducated and so we went through the class and at the end God just gave us a heart for biological parents who are just Mm -hmm. needing help and the the people that don't have the resources that they need and just need someone to help them and just love on their children while they get better. And it was really red at first. I was, I'm just, I'm excited to love on biological parents and, and obviously their children, but what a difference can we make in our community by loving and not just like adopting, but like trying to do our part to reunify families, to make them whole, like, you know, and I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's cool. But also I don't want to, have a child come into my home and stay a year or more and then get ripped out from under us and we just be completely crushed forever um but then we've prayed we were praying about it and we just felt like God was like what like you it's a little selfish to say what about me being crushed whenever it could be a child saying I don't have a home to go to Mm -hmm. and 
I'm worth the risk. I'm worth the heartache. I'm mm-hmm. worth it to love me for as long as possible until I can be, go back to my biological family. And so we were like, okay, these kids are worth the risk. These kids are worth the heartbreak because they don't have anyone. And there's, and from what we knew, we were the youngest couple that they like saw in DCFS in our city in Baton Rouge. And at the time, and we were like, what? And it was just, it's just not a lot of people are doing it. So then the burden became greater in us. I were like, okay, we need to like, let's start something and maybe be the first ones to do this. Well, our friends, we had that, were doing the process before us. So like we were kind of together on it. And then we had one of our friends who's a single girl in town who also did the classes with us. And so it was just really cool to have her. And then we had like a bunch, like other families other couples that did the class with us but anyways so god really just burdened our hearts for not just the children but for biological families who just need to also be loved and shown grace and support in this time mm-hmm. and so did the eight-week class did all the stuff and then we got the call to that they give you a call saying like, Hey, you, you are certified. So just be on the lookout. Like if you get a call from DCFS or they give you a list of numbers, like these could be potential calls for you to have for them to ask you to receive like a, a child to say yes or no. And so they'll call you and mm-hmm. say, would you take, they'll give a background, which usually is not anything that much besides like maybe an age and a race, maybe, and a, mm-hmm. maybe a gender. They said Madison was a boy whenever we first got the call. So like, it's, they don't always have all the details because it's it's pretty much in the moment. But but we got the call that the um, director at DCFS was like, you are certified. So be ready to a child if you get called. Also, would you take a newborn baby right now? And we were like, I was getting my nails done. I was literally had huh? my nails like, lady at the line like painting my nails and I'm like what and she's like so would you like to take a newborn bait well she said it was a boy at first and I was like yeah uh, well I said I don't know I'll call my husband and so I called and then Rhett was like what do we do like we don't have anything we have a crib but it's in <laughs> a box and we were told that we would only be getting older children and so we had a, a twin size bed so we didn't have any baby stuff because they said, you won't get a newborn. That doesn't happen. We give those to more experienced foster parents. So we didn't buy any baby things. And so at like 6.30 PM, I'm like driving to Target to buy all the things they have that's baby. And I'm calling all my mom friends saying, what do babies need? Like, I know they need a crib. Oh do they like, what kind of bottles? What, what, I don't, what, do they all use pathies? Do they, do I need a nightlight? Like, what do they like, what all do I need? Like diapers, like, yeah, what? And, and so we, it was amazing. We had our church family, like shower us with like that night, baby clothes galore, diapers, wipes, mm. baby bath, like baby bath, like sheets for the bed. Like we had nothing in that night, like baby books, like the 911 baby, like, like all the, like how to take care of a baby. Yeah. Like we were just covered. Our church just covered us so well. We're like, we don't know what we're doing, but we have the things, I guess. We got um, the stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so, but Madison was in the NICU at, um, 
so we didn't she didn't come to our home right away she was in the NICU so we went and stayed in the NICU for about three weeks with her like I stayed there most every day and Rhett worked but then spend the night and then just that's where we stayed for a few weeks and then she came home with us and then and then she stayed with us for it was a lot it was a really tough journey for almost two years um and then and it would have been two years in february i mean it was two years but we got we adopted her in december december 20th and so that whole two years is just too long to talk like and there's no there's just so much but but yeah so we had we had Madison for her case lasted almost two years and then her case ended in adoption so we got to adopt her so she is Madison Sandusky which is really the best thing in the whole world um but Mm. but yeah and so obviously that's missing out on a lot of major details of her case and things but it would take hours to talk about yeah those two years and if you you definitely need to follow brandy on instagram because madison is the cutest thing in the world (laughs) like i remember so with foster care you cover the child's face for privacy and i remember when y'all announced that y'all were getting to adopt her obviously i was so excited y'all were getting adopted i was like oh i want to see that face like i just want to see her face and she's so she seems like she's so funny and like just full of life and so dang cute you're listening to the converge podcast network and now a message from a network supporter okay so you know how i'm a huge fan of counseling right Well, I recently started working with a counselor at Faithful Counseling, and I knew I had to tell you about it. Faithful Counseling is an online Christian counseling network, and it's an incredible solution for people looking to find the help they need. I found the sign-up process to be really straightforward. You answer some questions, and you get matched with a counselor all within 24 hours. After that, you can log into your account at any time and message your counselor, plus scheduling weekly video or phone sessions. The extra bonus is that I found it to be really affordable, and they've extended a discount of 10% off of your first month. All you have to do is head to getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian to join the other 500,000 people, myself included, who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Head to getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian for 10% off your first month and to get started. And you kind of touched on this when you were talking about that these kids are, they're worth the risk. There's another foster care account that I follow that she talks about get too attached, right? And so I think that there are a lot of fears. I don't want to call them excuses, but I think that there are a lot of fears that people come up with or or, or genuinely face when it comes to foster care. And uh, I love that you talked a little bit through you know, jumping through yours, but how do you, have you had the opportunity to encourage other couples who are considering it that when they come to you with the things that they're concerned about, you're able to kind of guide them through that? Yeah, I feel like we've been able to help a, a good bit of couples that have wanted to foster or have like just been interested or just like, what is this? Like, why? Like, mm-hmm. 
do you have a little girl on your Instagram feed that has her eyes like marked out? Like, what is this about? What yeah. is foster care? And, and so we were able to really answer questions and have, there's been a lot of people that have decided to foster, which has been so encouraging through like just knowing what it is and like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a need. That's an actual thing. Like, yes, it is an actual thing. Like there are actual children who need homes like for a temporary like for a short period of time or longer or forever. Like what some of the fears people have and how you yes. encourage them through it. Yes. That you were saying get to att- um, get too attached. Um, mm-hmm. I think the biggest fear is what if I do get too attached? And then I, the, the quote is that I hear so much is I just couldn't good for you. I just couldn't do that because I, my heart, Mm -hmm. I just would get too attached and I quickly follow up with perfect. You're the perfect fit for this because yes, who would want their child to be with someone who would distance themselves like from this child who is already at a distance to attachment because they were taken from their biological parents. So they already are set up they're set like they're already kind of set up for failure in attachment because of this. And so what a perfect person who would get to attach to teach mm-hmm. a child how to be attached, how to be loved, how to receive love, how to receive like to attach to someone else. And so at first I was like, oh yeah, you're right. But then I learned, no, y'all are the ones that probably need to be on the front lines. If I would be mm-hmm. concerned if someone was like, yeah, I could be fine if a child stayed in my home for a year and they left like that. that right. Maybe that's probably not the person who needs it to do it. But well, I think systemically there are people like that in the system yes. that are a huge part of the problem. So let's replace those people with people who think like my heart is worth the risk. I want to be attached. I want to teach this child. I want to be a safe harbor you know, let's, let's step up and and replace the people that are kind of, you know, to a degree abusing the system. Well, just the fear of, can I do this if I'm a single woman or a single Mm. man, or can I do this if I have biological children already? Will this hurt them? Will this mess them up? Like, Mm because it's children coming from hard places have seen awful things and have gone through awful things. And so they're going to bring that trauma into your home and it's not like it it will it will affect your biological children but I remember someone told me and Rhett I guess I should have said this at the beginning but whatever but that a lot of people told Rhett and I that we did it the wrong way that we did the we should have you need to have biological children first and then you adopt. That's how you do it because it will mess up your biological children if you do it the opposite way, which no one really ever gave me like an actual like, like any like actual facts that supported that information. <laughs> but I just kind of was like, I don't believe that. But I like, I see. Also, like, don't tell me how to live my life. Right. <laughs> and so me and Rhett were just like, I feel like think that that's normal just because so many people do it but it doesn't mean that that's the Mm -hmm. way to that's the correct way just because everyone's doing it that way does not mean that that's the way Jesus does crazy things and I feel like not like in a boastful way but I feel like Jesus calls some people do things really 
different to pave the Mm -hmm. way for other people to do those things. And so we're like, if we're the first ones and people think we're crazy, but if it like helps another couple do this and they decide to foster before they have biological children, then great. Like that we're like making a difference, you know, and like showing people that it's worth the risk and it's okay to do something different than society says is the norm, you know? And I 100%. And we have, we do have a biological daughter. I had her, it's crazy. I had her in November and then we adopted in December. So it was a bit of a crazy um, holiday season. It was amazing and so exciting, but a bit of a crazy time. Didn't y'all find out you were adopting Madison, like pretty close to finding out you were pregnant? No. Well, I mean, I guess like within months, but really whenever we found, yeah, whenever we found out that we, we were pregnant, we honestly, like the next week that we were told that Madison would be leaving us. And so right. that was this journey of me thinking, oh my gosh, like how am I like having a baby, but losing a baby, like the timeline was you'll be, she'll be leaving your home in November. And so, which is my due date. That was my due date. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, God, how are you going to handle <laughs> this one? I remember going to my life group and just bawling. And I was just like, how, what, like, what is God doing right now? Like, it, mm-hmm. I'm, we said yes to this sweet little girl. And then we got pregnant. And then we're going to have a baby and potentially lose a baby like in the same month like he's got to be doing something so I mean we don't know what and but I was like this is going to be too much if that is the case but we trusted him and we were like okay whatever is like best for Madison like that's why we got into this for them not for us to be you know not hurt we went in with Mm -hmm. the risk of knowing that heartbreak could happen all that to say about we have a biological child now um but I do not think for a second that Cora Jane will be messed up in a neck, like mess, like negatively affected by us bringing children into our home. Um, I'm excited for her to be older, for her to understand why we do this and for her to like see this, like, this is what my parents do. This is what we do. We have people that live with us mm-hmm. other than my mm-hmm. sister. Like we have other brothers mm-hmm. and sisters that live with us. And then sometimes they leave and maybe a couple of other states, you know, but yeah, I just, and that, so that continues, you, y'all are continuing. So you adopted Madison, you had a biological child and you are continuing your fostering. Yes. We just recertified. We had to do our, our hours like as of last week. So our house is being renovated. So we have a lot of things going on, but our house has been renovated and in about two weeks it'll be done. And then we'll be able to say yes to another call if we'll get one is they'll it'll happen but but we'll be able to once our house is done that's amazing I love that so much so I wanted to talk a little bit about the other ways to get involved in the foster care system uh there are a lot of there are a lot of ways and there are a lot of reasons that uh maybe foster care isn't you know in in the cards for you you may be on board and your spouse isn't vice versa you're there, you know, there are some reasons. Uh, I still think that it is important to be 
involved. Mm -hmm. One way that my family has gotten involved is through CASA, which is Court Appointed Special Advocate. Um, There's respite care. Can talk a little bit about some ways to get involved. Also, just supporting families in your life that do foster care. Yes. Um, CASA is a great way. That's um, you are paired with a you are given a case. And so you are the child that's in foster care. You're their advocate throughout their whole entire case. So whenever they're put into a foster care home until they are either reunified or adopted. Um, and which is amazing. We love our CASA. Like I talked to her, I still send her to Madison. We love her so much. It's an amazing way to get involved. Um, and you're only given one case at a time. So it's not like you're overloaded. Um, and then respite care, which is you get certified specifically for giving foster parents a breather. So it could be overnight or a weekend, or it could be like, a, it could be like for, if you, you have to ask permission to bring your foster children to like vacation or out of state. So if you go anywhere out of mm-hmm. state, you have to ask permission. And so if the biological parent doesn't want you to, or the court doesn't allow you to, then you can call someone who is respite certified to just watch your child for however long you're going to be gone. And so, but they're certified. Right, Cause you can't just like hire a traditional babysitter. You when can, you but not for, you can, you can hire any, not for, that's what I mean for extended periods right. of time. Yes. Yes. You couldn't just ask someone random unless they're your family. Um, like your immediate family, like parents mm-hmm. or like whoever is like your immediate family. Um, to watch them, but anybody can babysit during the day, but overnight it has to be someone that's certified or your support system, which is you list like two people, which that's like, we listed both of our parents. And so they're allowed right. to watch her overnight, but you, yeah, you can't just like give them to anyone to, so it's, it's a little bit of a process. You have to like ask for like in a month of a month in advance to like go on vacation. So you're like, you can't do like a mm-hmm. pop-up trip somewhere. The moment. No. Yeah. But And then there's another organization called the Forgotten Initiative, and they have different, like, branches of it in different areas, and so they have one in Baton Rouge, and so I really love this organization because um, Cherith Craft helps with this, like, I think she even runs this one in Baton Rouge, but basically she will, like, need people to be grocery runners for new foster parents who you get the call and you get the child and you're like, I don't want to bring this child who's completely terrified to the grocery store to buy food. And I don't know what they like. So, and we might not like, they might only like peanut butter crackers, but we don't have that. And, but I need to get some, but how am I supposed, and so, um, so the forgotten issue like has like, she has taken a list of people who you, she could call on for those things. Or, um, if you have furniture that you're like, I don't, I can't sell this, but I'm just going to donate. I don't want to throw it away, but you could donate it. And she, you can, for families who need to, if a biological family is working for towards reunification and they need a, say they need a crib in order Mm. to get their child back, but they don't have the money for that crib. You could, and if you have one that you're like, I'm not going to use this crib, I'll just donate it. And then they'll bring it to a family that is needing a couch or a bed or mm. there's certain 
items of furniture that you have to have in order to right like bare minimum to get your child back child or children back and so that's really great and then um but also just asking in your church or people that you know like who fosters and who is in like who is an active foster parent who's getting calls and taking in children to just let them know okay hey whenever you get a call just text me a size of what size like say oh i have a 12 year old boy i need this size pants and this size shirt and i need a toothbrush and i like and so you could go and run and do a quick grocery run at midnight or or if you wanted to tutor like or do i don't know just really i i told i was telling some of my friends because they were asking like obviously they're involved in our lives so it's different but they were just saying like, what would be the most beneficial way for us to serve you and Madison or just like Mm -hmm. foster care, like the foster care system in general. And I was like, I, it's so important for you to just, I feel like anyone who just sits in the room with someone, a child that's in the foster care system, your whole world will just be changed from that second one. Yes. Like you will never be able to unsee, unhear, your heart will never be the same. And I feel like your heart will be softened to something you might not have even known existed. And, and so, um, even just like telling foster parents, I just want to babysit or just come over and get to know them and just let them like, just be, if they're older and they talk, you know, like Madison, like we got her, she was a newborn. So like, she obviously wasn't having heart to hearts with anyone, but, but if you had like someone that was like older, that maybe needed someone to talk to someone, not their foster parent to have someone yeah. they can look up to a mentor, someone to help them with homework. Get too attached to your friends who foster cares kids. Yes. I know our friends rallied around us so well. Like I was terrified to tell them whenever we got the call that Madison was probably going to leave. Cause I was like, I mean, obviously we were devastated too, but I was like, Oh gosh, these people see Madison as their daughter too. So like, and that's that is so beautiful. That's what community is supposed yes. to look like, right? You don't want your friends to be okay, yeah, you get too attached, but I'm not right. I'm not I didn't sign up for that. I'm not going to do that to myself. You want to have to break it to your friends that that this child is being reunified, right. you know? Yeah. I love that. So that's another way is just if you have a friend that is in foster care just like being on their team 100 percent, and being in it being on the roller coaster with them the ups and downs Mm -hmm. like the heartbreaks the like celebrations is just so needed to have like an actual team an actual village around you to where you are feeling like you're not alone like you're having to break news to someone as if it was you like you're like oh they're not gonna take this well and then another way is every month well, every, well, it depends on the case, but usually every week you have a visit, they, the child, not you, have a visit with their biological, someone in their biological family, whoever they, whoever can come to the visit. And so it's usually a parent or grandparent. Um, and sometimes it's a sibling, but every week they have that and they are emotionally exhausting for it. For me, mm. they were, they, it was Tuesdays and Thursdays we had we had twice a week and it was it just 
broke me every week. I remember just sitting in the lobby. I'm like, I, this is awful. Like, this is like, you sit in the lobby and they have the meeting in the back. So you can't like, you're just sitting there waiting and you're just, and then like all these thoughts come. That's whenever I feel like the enemy just kind of like, is like, okay, well, let me just play with your thoughts for a minute and I have an hour. Mm-hmm. You're sitting here. So, um, but, uh, it was amazing that we told some people, of, uh, about when our visit was and, and I, every week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I got texts from multiple people mm-hmm. every, every, um, like every Tuesday, Thursday, like praying for you. And I'm like, that was like better than, you know, you going and getting something or buying me a coffee, you know, like that was like, you you need that because you're, it's, it's just an emotional role. It's hard, but it's so worth it, but you need it. You need people to have your back. And so it was really awesome. And then also whenever foster parents have court dates or foster children have court dates, but foster parents go to those court dates, those are so draining as well. And so having just letting, maybe even saying like for your foster, your friends that are foster parents saying, Hey, after this court date tonight, I'm going to take the kids and y'all go have a date night and just like unwind and don't talk about what happened today. Just hang out and be married and just have a chill night and then jump back into it after, but let's just have a break. Yeah. And that was some of the like most refreshing times was whenever people did that for us. And it was just really beautiful, really sweet. And so there's obviously like a ton more ways to like help, but I feel like those are pretty major. Those are great. Major ways. Yeah. And practical. Yeah. And for anybody in any age. Exactly. You know. Yeah. You you can show up in one of those ways for your people. And I love that. So we close out every episode kind of with a similar question. The way that I usually phrase it is if, if you got to take a megaphone to the universe and you got to express one thing about fostering and foster care and the system, what would be like the one important thing that you wanted to communicate? I feel like children are worth the risk and they're worth being attached to and they're worth the heartache that could happen. And that children from hard places are not bad kids, but they're kids that Mm -hmm. have experienced things that most people will never have to experience. And biological parents are not the enemy. They need just as much love and Mm. support as the foster, as the child. And you're so needed. If you have a huge heart and you're scared that you're going to be too attached, you're probably the perfect person for the job. And we need you (laughs) because these children need, that's exactly the type of person that these children need. And there's also tons of other things I'd like to shout from megaphone, but, <laughs> but I feel like those are the, the, like, that's like the one big long run on yeah. sentence of that's what my heart is. It's worth it. It's worth it. These kids are worth it. The biological parents are worth it. We love Madison's biological mother. We are close to her. She loves us. Um, hmm. We, she um, messaged me on mother's day. and was like, and she said, I mean, she said I, it was okay if I said this, um, cause I asked, but she was like, I'm so thankful for you and thankful for, I feel like a mom because 
I still feel like oh. a mom because of you. And I'm just like, oh, that just broke me because she, at the beginning, when we first met her, she was like, all my friends told me that y'all would be the enemy and y'all would just want to take Madison away, but y'all just stuck up for me and y'all were on my team. And I'm like, gosh, that just is like Jesus, you know, like he just really did a work in me and Rhett because there were some moments that it was very hard to keep that relationship. But I'm so glad that we did because it's just such a beautiful thing now that we can talk about and give other people hope that you can have that with, if you foster, you can have that with biological parents. It doesn't have to be this dangerous, scary thing. So yeah. And you, they don't have to be the enemy. They aren't the enemy. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Brandy, tell everybody where they can find and follow along with you. We also totally didn't mention that you're an incredibly talented artist. Oh I have gosh. multiple pieces of your art hanging in my home. So tell people where they can find and follow you, see your cute kids, see your beautiful art, keep up with your your foster care journey. Yes. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. That's like my thing. Um, I love it. Um, Brandy Sandy. Uh, man, I need to change my handle one day, but um, Brandy Sandy. No, it's so cute. <laughs> yeah, B R A N D E E S A N D E E. Yeah, cute. and we'll link to that in your show description yes. so people can find it easily. Um, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your story and Madison's story. And just I hope that this impacts people. And and I know that it will. I know that it'll make a difference for a lot of people. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I know I talked a lot more, but there's so much more I could say. So I tried to like you know, condense it a little bit. Perfect. Hey guys, Adam Weber here, a proud part of the Converge Podcast Network. I wanted to let you know about my brand new book called Love Has a Name. I think we'd all be lying if we said that loving others was an easy thing to do. And in a culture that seems more polarized by the day, how do we love the difficult, the different, and the downright hard to love people we come in contact with every single day? This new book shares the stories of 27 different people who have shown me what love looks like. I wrote this book to help us all love people well by following the example of Jesus. Come check it out. Go find Love Has a Name by Adam Weber wherever books are sold. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 